manager, Graham Nystrom. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's, that's too kind. Oh, 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 well, yeah. So thanks, Jack. Thanks for getting us started. Um, it's great to see everybody's face for the first time in like eight months. We should probably do this more often. Um, the way that we're going to start the meeting off is just by playing a few videos that uh, have the four candidates for the board uh, running this year. Uh, so we're going to start off with those. Jack mentioned the chat box. Those go privately to me. Um, so if you have questions as we go, don't hesitate. We've got a lot to get through today, so we're going to try to really keep the pace going. Um, so let's, uh, without further ado, I'm going to share my screen and we'll go through some board candidate videos. Here we go. Hi, I'm Victoria Sapiello. I'm a candidate for the Board of Directors for Silicon Foundation. I have served a two-year term that is just ending, and I debated about whether to run again, but there's a couple factors. One, uh, I'm the only candidate or board member who lives south of Seaside, and our signal for Coast Community Radio reaches far beyond Tillamook, down into almost the Lincoln City. Uh, the, so I thought, well, okay, I'll keep my oar in. I got some advice from others. One of the things that was pointed out is that I often ask questions that others don't ask. And uh, apparently that people feel that's a good enough uh, characteristic to bring into the board. We've had a very challenging year, like everyone else has had. Uh, we've had great staff response and problem solving. I'm looking forward to how we're going to deal with the next year or so while the virus pandemic is taking place. Right now, Graham and I are out in uh, doing the Mola Co-op, which is an old institution that uh, was founded in the late 40s in uh, the Halem Valley. And this is where I've lived off and on since 1985. So I've been at the coast for a long time. I was born in Astoria, raised in Columbia County primarily, uh, lived in Berkeley for five years while getting a degree, etc. Eventually came back to the Portland metro area, got involved with KBU, and then one thing led to another. So here I am. Uh, I've got a lot of background in community radio as far as how the structures work and don't work sometimes. Uh, and uh, anyway, we're a good outfit. We're, yeah, I'm hope, and one of the things that's going on now is we're becoming more diverse, which I think is important in so many ways. So, anyway, mark your ballot, send it right in. Always vote. Okay, thank you, Victoria. That was Victoria Stop Yellow, and we will go to our next incumbent board member, who is Sarah Lou Keith. Here's Sarah Lou. Hi there, I'm Sarah Lou Heath. I am running for the KMUN Telecom Foundation Board of Directors. Um, I suppose that I am an incumbent. I've been serving on the board for the last two years. My background is in nonprofit management, um, about 15 years doing stuff like that, fundraising, and you might know me as the executive director of the Astoria Downtown Historic District Association. Um, so I am running for the board again because uh, I feel like I've just gotten my feet wet. It's been two years and I think I understand the great group of volunteers that make this magical organization hit the airwaves every day. So I'd like to continue to give my support to the group and would appreciate your vote. Thanks so much. 
Thank you to Sarah Liu. And our next board candidate uh, is going to be Kathleen Sace. Here's Kathleen. I'm Kathleen Sace. I live on Wilpa Bay. I'm a candidate for the board of directors for the Telecom Foundation. I'm interested in this uh, process because, in, and this foundation because I got a little too close to Victoria Stapiella, who's leaned on me a little bit. But I'm interested in building capacity for nonprofits. Not a broadcaster. You might hear me on the air from time to time, but that's not my interest. My interest is long-term financial capacity for organizations. Short and sweet, and I like what Kathleen had to say there. Thank you, Kathleen Sace. And our final candidate for the Board of Directors is Todd Lippold. Here's Todd. Hello, my name is Todd Lippold, and it's an honor to run for a seat for the Board of Directors at Coast Community Radio this November. I've been a volunteer programmer at the station for the past 10 years and had so many great experiences with fundraising and remote broadcasts and working with the business development team. I've been on two nonprofit boards in the past 20 years, one of which I'm still active, a conservation group that does great work in Costa Rica and is based in Oregon. I'm prepared to work as part of this board while being loyal to the best interests of the station and its mission statement. I realized that over the past 30 years, this board's done so much work and had many gains and, and great successes for the Telecom Foundation to be where it is today. I strive to bring a positive approach and a team effort to move the Telecom Foundation forward, to use the station as an active resource for the community and its development. Thank you for the consideration and thank you for supporting Coast Community Radio. Thank you, Todd, and thank you to all four candidates who are running for the four open seats on the board this year. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got a lot to get through today. Uh, and so the next part of our agenda is to hear from staff members. So I'm gonna stop sharing my screen and I'm gonna invite one of our newest staff members to go first. I'm gonna put the pressure on Nevada to introduce himself to everyone and let him know how things are going. And then from there, each staff member will just introduce the next person and we'll keep the flow going. Go ahead, Nevada. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Nevada. It's uh, nice to meet you virtually. Um, it's cool to see all these names that I recognize and finally there's faces. So that's kind of nice. Um, hope everyone can hear me all right. So I'm in the operations uh, department. And so mostly what that means is that uh, with COVID and everything and people not being in the station, um, most of my time is spent downloading and rendering and archiving all the audio files that come through and from different places and the, the editing. So that's mostly what I do um, right now. I also do the emergency alert system tests and a few other sort of miscellaneous things around the station that need to get done each week. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to um, some of the short-term goals that, that I'm working on and Graham and Emily and I are working on um, are like revamping our archiving and backup systems for all the audio because there's so much audio and we want it to be high quality but that means that it takes up a lot more space so you're looking at just terabytes of audio so we're figuring out um, the best way to implement the new technology that we have so that everything can be um, accessible further down the line you know if you want if anyone wants to uh, play a show from 2017 or whatever, you know, we should be able to get that and find that and send it to people so everyone has access to all their programs that they've done or other people have done. Um, 
also I'm looking forward to, I know there's no timeline for this. I think we're all in the same boat, but uh, really looking forward to when the station can reopen again. And, um, and I can actually meet all of you face to face and spend a little less time downloading and rendering files and a little more time actually in the air room with people helping, you know, installing the new mics, all the new technology that's um, going to come in. And I'm excited to learn how to really dive deep into how a radio station works. Um, Cause that's something that's uh, not happening right now, unfortunately, but uh, it's been a real pleasure. Like, getting to hear everyone's programs and uh, you all do such such a good job um, putting content on the radio and it's it's really awesome to be a part of it so I'm very very grateful and thankful for that um, also hoping hoping I'm also hoping um, to have my own radio show at some point where to play local artists and and um, diverse genres and just try to kind of showcase all the amazing art specifically music that's made in this community and the surrounding communities which is so important to uh you know what we do here um at the station and so yeah um basically just i'm super thankful to be a part of this awesome team with all the staff here and all the programmers and i'm really looking forward to uh getting to know each of you as things ramp up and we can maybe return to some sort of normalcy so yeah um i'll pass it over to kathleen now thank you Okay, I'm <clears throat> Kathleen. You're muted. I'm asking you to unmute. Can we get you on there? It should have popped up. Open a window. There we go. Let's try this again. Got it. <laughs> so first, thanks to Nevada for responding to so many of my off-hours requests so cheerfully. And uh, I'm Kathleen Morgan. Uh, currently, I'm doing part-time morning edition hosting and reporting here in Skamakaway, Washington. And for those who don't know, Skamakaway is a tiny, truly blink and you'll miss it town on the Washington side of the river in one of Washington's smallest counties, Wakayakum. So one of the upsides of remote work is not having to do that daily commute to Astoria. And another upside is the public meetings have become way more accessible for everybody. And that is likely to continue even in the post-COVID world. I asked every candidate and incumbent about maintaining and enhancing public access online and uh, meetings and hearings going forward. And they all said, they all declared their intention to do just that. So for KMUN, that means less travel time in cars and more actual attend the meeting time, which is a much better use of the reporting time that we have. In here in Southwest Washington, two seats long held by Democrats flipped to Republicans on Tuesday. State Senator Dean Tacco and Representative Brian Blake have been replaced by State Senator-elect Jeff Wilson and Representative-elect Joel McIntyre. So they're joining Republican Jim Walsh, a state representative who has just been elected to a third term in what could be a West of the Cascade Southwest Washington voting block. We three campaigned extensively together over the past month, so we will see if that unity persists in the upcoming legislative session. Both Wilson and McIntyre have said they intend to represent all their constituents, so that's a good sign. I'd like to add a personal note about this morning's national election result news. NPR uses 
election reporting results from the Associated Press. And they do that because over the decades throughout the country, local AP stringers have camped out in courthouses on election nights to phone in the results to the um, local bureaus. And when we moved here, my husband, who was an AP stringer for many years, reported results from the tiny Wakayakum County Courthouse to the Portland Bureau. And he saw firsthand the care that local auditor election offices take in getting these results right. And he would have had absolute faith in the AP election results in this national election. One more note on election coverage. KMUN broke some new ground this season with a video collaboration with the AAUW and Clatsop Community College for the North Clatsop County Candidates Forum. And it was attended by all the invited candidates. It was well done in pacing, sound, group, video, graphics, and lighting. This was a really nice move forward. KMUN has been partnering for many years to produce these forums on both sides of the river. And I think we should give ourselves some applause for that because it's this member-owned station group, public radio, rather than our commercial counterparts that have been providing this important service. And this year it even got better. So with that, I'm going to hand it off. <laughs> I'm going to hand it off to my favorite and I suspect many people's favorite local news person, KMUN News Director Joanne Rideout. Okay, we're going to get this muting thing. We've only been zooming for eight months. <laughs> it's it's a it's a what is it? It's a process. <laughs> well, boy, you know, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, I've been broadcasting at home since March and um, doing morning edition. All things considered, it's been a really interesting, bumpy ride, but I think we finally got it. And um, there's just so many people that I want to thank. And one of them is the person you just heard, Kathleen. She joined our team. Just can't say how wonderful it is to have her back at KMUN. She's such a professional and, you know, I, I just, I can't say enough. Um, another person I wanna thank is Jacob Lewin, who um, is such a consummate professional. We'll talk more about him a little later, but, um, you know, he has been our, you know, he just does fabulous stories for us. In a matter of a couple of hours, he'll just call me up and say, he wanted me to do a story about the schools. And, and he does great work. And he has done a lot of election work for us during this season and really made our election coverage, um, helps raise us, rise things to another level. So um, I guess I wanted to say goodbye to uh, uh, Dylan who left us this year. Thank him for all his work during the pandemic. He came into the studio when things were just going crazy and kept working every day on site. Um, let's see. Um, I, I, I wanted to say something about um, something kind of unusual that we managed to do during this incredible crisis, which is raise the quality of our news reporting to you, raise the quality of our news offerings to you during an incredibly chaotic time. We've, um, we're really doing more reporting, more local reporting. I've been able to do a series on local internet access. And so it just seems like we've been able to raise the boats that way, even during an incredibly chaotic time. And um, boy, I mean, I could go on and on, but I, I, I wanted to say something that Susan told us at our staff meeting this week, which is that we did really some really terrific election reporting. And Kathleen has also alluded to 
and archived all of it online so that people could see it. And so what Susan told us at our, our uh, staff meeting this week was that in February, we had 8,000 people using our web stream. By June, we had 15,000. In August and September, we had 18,000 per month. And in October, when we had all that election coverage, we had 35,000 listeners listening to us online. So um, I yep. just want to say- Applause, please. <laughs> Where's our sound effects guy? <laughs> so I, I just wanted to say how grateful I am to be part of all this because, you know, it's really doing good in the community together. And we have such a great team. And just the, the last thing that I'd just like to say about our staff is, is I just want to say a real shout out to Graham because I can't imagine what he has been dealing with behind the scenes that I didn't see, but as a person dealing with this remote broadcasting stuff at home, there were a lot of deer in the headlights moments for me where I was going, holy shit, you know? And, and I have called Graham at six in the morning. I have called Graham at 10 o'clock at night, sometimes on the same day. And every single time he has been, I mean, the word I would use is grace. He has never said, shut, shut the hell up and leave me alone, even though he might've wanted to. He's always been just gracious and smart and helpful and always made me feel like I could handle it. And I want to say that he does that for all of us. And so that is incredible. So thank you, Graham. <laughs> and I've learned so much. I, I know how to do a lot more blinky light things than I used to. And so I can handle a lot of things that I couldn't handle before. And so I'm proud of that. And I just wanted to say to all of you who are doing this homegrown radio thing, I mean, we are keeping the station alive during a really the most difficult challenge of our lifetimes. We are doing it. And Graham deserves incredible credit for that, but we all do too. Everybody who is contributing to the pledge drive, the people who gave us, who helped us meet our goal. I mean, what an amazing thing to be part of. And so everybody, all of you, whether you're on the air or not, you're part of that. And so I've probably gone over three minutes, but thank you for indulging me. And thank you so much. I'm so happy to be part of this. So I'm done. And um, let's see, um, Emma, your turn. Hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> I want to second uh, the sentiment from Joanne. Um, I, this year has been insane, as we all know. Um, but there have been there were large amounts of time where Graham and I were essentially locked in this station trying to figure out how to keep everything upright. Uh, and I that would have been really hard to do with someone that I didn't so easily get along with. Um, so and I feel that way about the whole staff. And that's I think we're incredibly lucky and the volunteers as well. Um, it's an incredible group of people. And I don't really know how we made that work. It's, it's kind of a mystery to me. It's amazing. Um, so anyway, so when tasked with reviewing this past year, I realized that eight of the 10 months that I have been in this job have been under some form of quarantine. Um, so it's probably not a normal year to look at. Uh, that said, I think we've managed to do some really good work as an organization. And I'm really proud of the staff and volunteers who've made it happen. Some of the highlights, we've taken a critical look at what we do well, but also at what we can do better. And that's led to some new programming uh, that we're really proud of. That includes, but is not limited to, rural race talks with Lanisha Duke, the register with Zachary Stocks in partnership with Oregon Black Pioneers, Bee's House with Bruce Watts, DJB. We also have Coast Range Radio with Andrew Collins Anderson of the Coast Range Association, Indigify with Alexis Sully of KBC in Anchorage, Alaska, Locust Focus with Barbara Bernstein of KBOO in Portland, 
We have, uh, and we have a new program coming up that some of you will be familiar with, uh, but an adventure in history with Mac Burns of the Clatsop County Historical Society will be joining the ranks on the 15th. So it'll be Sunday evening, look out for that. We'll put out all the info about the schedule change soon. Uh, and that's alongside all of our already really great programming. And so it's really wonderful to see those changes get put in place. We've also come up with a whole new way of doing radio with homegrown radio. We now have over 60 programmers recording from home. That number might actually be a little short. It might be 70 at this point. Um, and as Nevada mentioned, we are archiving all of that programming. So we at this point have two terabytes, which I had to do a lot of math to figure this out. That's 3,300 hours of programming, which comes out to 137 straight days of local content. And that's just from this year. So that's a really great asset that we have now that we didn't have before in that much of a capacity. And that also prepares us more than ever to bring our programs to national syndication with organizations like PRX or Oregon Commun Community Media. So that's really exciting. Um, we have a fantastic community advisory board this year and we're now meeting via Zoom. And I'm really looking forward to working with them and taking their guidance this next year as we keep looking at things that we can improve on. I'm really excited about the group right now. Um, yeah, this has been a year of forced hiatus, a lot of pivoting and changes that we didn't necessarily wanna make, but I think it's led to a lot of good things along the way. And I just wanna say thank you to everyone who has welcomed me into this group so warmly um, and just made this year, what could have been a really difficult year was actually for me personally, very pleasant because of what I was tasked with doing and who I was with. Uh, and that's been huge for me. So thank you. That's, that's it for me. And I'll pass it along to DJ Fabergé, Janet. Where is DJ Fabergé? <clears throat> there she is. I'm unmuted. <laughs> I am unmuted. Thank you, Emma. Very, um, <clears throat> I'm really for Clemp. Seeing these faces, uh, it's just like, I got all teared up. I mean, it's been a little bit of an emotional week for some, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I thank you all for coming. I, it was, um, it's a crazy morning. I almost forgot myself, but I'll keep this short. Thank you for coming. I have like two main areas to cover really quickly. I call them the head and the heart report. So we'll start with the head, which is a couple numbers. I made this elaborate report to show you of new members this fiscal year. We have 271 as opposed to last year, which was 237. So we've increased our new members by 34. As far as sustainers go, bread and butter, thank you very much, and some jelly and jam too. Uh, this year we had 413, last year we had 354, increase of 59, and we brought in $53,217 from sustainers alone, and last year it was 40,000. And I just want to point out 53,000 is a pledge drive, so thank you sustainers. Um, that's just warms the cockles of my heart. And real quickly, speaking of heart, um, you know, people send in 
checks with cards and little notes with them. And also more and more when people donate online, they um, include little notes. And I've been tracking all of them and saving all of them. And I share them with the staff. And they are really um, vital to keeping us going and keeping our morale up. And they really um, highlight and speak to the individual connections that we have with people. So I'm just going to read a couple real quick. These are all from donors. Thank you so much for your incredible programming <clears throat> during these dark times. I am a member. Here's a little extra. Please give my special appreciation to Albert. His selection soothed my heart. John Rippey, Monday, 10 a.m. And the new guy, B. He has the most perfect radio voice. Very charismatic. Dear staff and volunteers, thanks for all you do. How very much we We've been needing you in this horrible but redemptive, I hope, time. Special shout out to Marianne, who absolutely inspires. I love KMUN. Great job navigating this crazy time. And the last one, KMUN is so important, and I feel immensely proud to live in a community that supports such a great asset. And I love that one because it really illustrates you know the circle it's not just i'm i'm glad to live here because it has a great radio station it's i'm glad to live here because the community supports and creates this radio station so that's membership thank you dj fabergé out okay we are on susan now all right, I guess I need no introduction. Susan, uh, Development Director, nice to see everyone's face. It's so great to see everyone's faces. Thank you for coming. And um, I wanna, I, I'm gonna deviate from what I had. So I wanted to say yes to this staff. It's amazing that, you know, Nevada was hired while we were in COVID. And it, just to see his face, I always go, oh yeah, that's what he looks like, you know? And then, you know, didn't get a chance to get to know Emma before we all are sent home. This is, I'm from home. I've been from home since March as well. And we have learned how to work together and, uh, and really bond our uh, relationships with each other. And uh, it's, it is a really amazing. It's always been an amazing place to work for me. And it's even more amazing now, even though we're, you know, together apart. And uh, I also like to say, you know, we've pivoted so much, we're now twirling. And, you know, I, I have a vision of that being a happy thing, not a bad thing. So anyway, um, I wanted to talk about what I've been doing this year. And um, one of them is the uh, CARES Act. We applied for the PPP, the Pavement Protection Program. And we got a nice grant of about $44,000. Um, we're hoping that they're going to do another stimulus and we can get another one. That's all gonna be forgiven. That's a forgivable loan because we used it for paychecks and, um, and we're hoping for another one. Um, we've uh, really boosted our promos for nonprofits. I don't know if you've heard them, but they play every day uh, during All Things Considered at 548. And we have about 30 uh, nonprofits who are participating in that now. And coming up, so, so we want it to be a hub. You know, We wanted to use our voice, our huge voice, of KMUN for, for good for our community. And um, this was one way that uh, we thought we could do it. And, and we're gonna give them a big shout out during uh, Giving Tuesday, which is coming up uh, in December as well. And um, so uh, if you know any nonprofits that fit our mission statement, uh, 
send them my way. I'll give them the form and we'll get them going with that. Um, I also wanted to talk about planned giving. Uh, we've talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and we're actually doing something now, you know, and um, I've got a brochure in the making uh, that's gonna um, help us with some presence and some outreach and, um, and I'm looking forward to doing a lot more with it in 2021. So, my job changed immensely this year with coming home uh, and businesses closing and not being able to afford uh, our air spots. And uh, I've pivoted into helping Graham with grants and that has been a good joy and a fun thing. And anyway, I'm looking forward to more of that kind of growth. And I wanted to say what, what everyone has said about our content. So I have heard for all, the, all these years that content, money follows content. And it's so true with Janet's report that she just gave and what Emma and Joanne and, uh, and uh, Kathleen have said about our content. You know, it is getting better and better and better and, and, uh, and the money's following it. So thank you, you know, for all of us here because we all support that. Um, I'm to introduce Graham. I, I don't know how to do that. Uh, he's just been the most fabulous person and leader of this thing and uh yeah grace comes to mind and just i i don't know okay so the chat is privately going to graham only so everyone write your word for grant and send it to him in the chat <laughs> well, let's see what we come up with all right thank you and drum roll please Grant, Nystrom, station manager. Thank you, Susan. Too kind. Everybody, too kind. Stop it some more. Um, what a year. It's been a good year. It's been a bad year. It's been a unique year. Strained, confusing, tiring, debilitating, shameful. But there's been progress, growth, and change. There's been lost opportunities and halted growth. But there's also been a drawing of strength in many ways fodder for Sisu, as I think we could call it. Um, and there's a lot that I could say about the past and the present and the many possible futures, but I wanted to give note to something that Pete said on Morning Classics on Thursday, which he recorded before he knew the results of the election. And it even aired before we knew the results of the election. But his comment was that the struggle for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is a battle waged vertically and not horizontally which means we've got to be friends and neighbors. We've got to have each other's best interest at heart. And we've got to stop thinking of our neighbors as the, uh, you know, the other or us versus them. That's something I've talked about on the conversation multiple times. Uh, and just the danger of, of the mass media and, and the education system currently, you know, I think we're really seeing some ill effects. Uh, and so I agree with Pete. I think that's very simply put um, that your your neighbors are not your enemy um, and not prevent the ones preventing you from from living a good life. Uh, and I do really genuinely appreciate that KMUN is a place where we are friends and neighbors to each other. Um, the mission statement of KMUN uh, is it just makes it such a, a wonderful resource to the community. It makes it a wonderful place to work. It obviously makes it a wonderful place to volunteer. You know, I knew I knew how much the radio station meant to folks, both listeners and programmers, before the outbreak happened. 
the pandemic. But I think that this, that this has even made it more clear how important this resource is to folks. And I do just dearly look forward to the day where we're all walking the hallowed halls of the Tillicum House together, um, which I hope you recognize it when you come back. Because if you remember, we are at the end of year two of a three-year capital campaign to replace and overhaul broadcast equipment as well as upgrade the facility. And so there's just been an an incredible amount of work that's been done. Uh, some of it that would have been challenging to do during normal times. And so I look for the little things to be grateful for. Um, I'm gonna take a brief moment to honor a few people that we lost this year, including Dave Kruger, but more recently also Jim Wilkins and uh, Bobby Bryce, uh, who are longtime friends of the station. And we could go on and on about them, but we don't have a ton of time today. So I wanted to give as much of my focus this morning to the good things about this year. Uh, the things that really stand out for me are the Radio for Good campaign and this new program that sort of blossomed out of it, out of, I don't know if necessity is the right word, but uh, having some funds at our disposal for equipment has been a major blessing uh, because we wouldn't have been able to afford Joanne and Kathleen's remote broadcasting equipment. Um, you know, there were... We, we got a new main transmitter last year in year one of Radio for Good uh, up on Megler Mountain. And this past year, when I turned the old one on just to exercise it, the blower motor failed. And that would have been a hard thing to deal with uh, if we didn't have a, a new transmitter. Uh, we would have been off the air for a long time. So just extremely grateful to the community members who donated to Radio for Good, saw the need, had the capacity to help, uh, and, and put up matching funds for grants and We've had a successful few years of grant writing. So thanks to the MJ Murdoch Charitable Trust for a grant of $120,000. Um, the Templin Foundation has donated almost $30,000. Oregon Community Foundation, Oregon Cultural Trust, Clatsop County Cultural Coalition. Uh, there is a, a, a few more, but those are the most notable. Uh, and, they're, and you and they are the ones that, that made this happen, that made this situation you know, uh, Emily mentioned what it was like when this thing first hit and it was a sprint that turned into a marathon just to keep programming on the air. Um, and we were sort of between operations people at the time and and it occurred to me, oh my God, we've been without Brian since September and how nice it would be to have him or someone like him in the role. And so getting Nevada on board was a real blessing for Emily and I and for the station. And uh, he's part-time right now, um, which is helping me to, uh, draft one of our leanest budgets in several, several years. So I'm being careful with the money. And I've been building a contingency savings account over the last couple of years. And we've been uh, paying off and receiving some debt forgiveness from NPR. So things financially for, this, for the station are really good. And that's in no small part, thanks to the members who helped us hit our goal, both in the spring and in the fall, which is really incredible. And I've, and I've heard from station managers around the country that everyone has been exceeding their goals. And, you know, I remember Brian saying radio's dead, uh, but then he found this one and, and uh, he realized that it wasn't. And I think more and more, it's, it's more important than it ever has been. And, and I think that issues with social media and, uh, what we would call fairness and accuracy in reporting and, and journalism ethics are at stake because of social media. You know, the FCC doesn't have oversight over that like they do over us. And so sometimes regulation is good, 
you can see that with what Uber did to the cab industry or what Airbnb did to um, uh, low cost, you know, affordable housing and, and housing stock. Um, so I look forward to a day where uh, the, the restrictions placed on radio and television are extended to social media uh, so that hopefully some of the, <clears throat> the dust devils and whirlwinds can just kind of die down for good. Um, so this KMUN TV thing I mentioned, I, I was pretty sure that this was going to be a long-term thing. So we built the homegrown programming thing. We bought some remote recording stuff. We set up the audio share drive. We created a system uh, and it's worked and it's needed hardly any tweaking, which is kind of amazing. Um, but uh, the, the KMUN TV thing is just honoring that we're not going to be able to gather as an audience and see musical performances, dance, theater, uh, and so part of the Radio for Good money is being invested in some high quality camera equipment, which Kathleen mentioned we used for the candidate forums. So if you haven't yet, I encourage you to um, go to YouTube and search KMUN and like and subscribe to our page. The more subscribers that we have to the page, it really helps us out. Uh, and it's what will eventually help us to be able to monetize that service. And so we can actually make money from the content that we put up on the internet. So I'm excited to see what that brings. It's gonna be a new opportunity for volunteers and it's gonna be an opportunity for uh, organizations like the Coaster Theater and the Partners for the Pack and the Liberty Theater Classical Series. You know, I, I hope to be doing at least one production a month next year, uh, which will just bring artistic and cultural content to you right in your living room, uh, which I know is not as good as, as being in the Liberty Theater or wherever else, uh, but it's maybe gonna be a close second, uh, better than nothing. Uh, there are so many new shows, new programmers and new opportunities. Uh, we've got new staff members, Emily, Kathleen in Nevada. It's, it's a welcome back to Kathleen. Um, she was a huge part of training me when I first came on board as the operations person. And I think you all know that I love the equipment and the engineering and the gear side of this job, but I really owe a huge thanks to the board of directors and uh, especially to John Stevenson as treasurer for helping me to understand uh, budgets and financial reports and uh, and then the board just for helping me uh, be a good manager uh, and be a good leader and treat staff members well. Um, I wanna say a special thanks to Jack Harris and Todd Lepold for their work uh, prepping the Tillicum house for some of the renovations we did. We, we cleaned out the basement and finished off half the basement so that it's climate controlled and dry and we can put some equipment down there. We can have some storage down there. It's a real capacity builder for the station. Uh, and then uh, Todd also helped pull out about 73,000 staples out of the floor when we ripped up the carpet to have the floors refinished in the lobby. Um, so thanks to both of you. I've got good news about the Cannon Beach Translator Project. We're hoping to finish that project right around the new year. Um, so better coverage in Cannon Beach. Um, I don't think Joanne mentioned it, but we've increased our collaborations with local newspapers. And so our access to stories that we can air in collaboration with other uh, you know, journalism outlets uh, has really expanded our, our options and our service. Uh, like Joanne said, you know, we've, got, we've actually gotten better at some stuff during this time. Um, and it's, it's interesting because there have been some days where I, I kind of wish that I was just lying on the couch and collecting 600 bucks a week from the federal government. But it, I do think ultimately it's been a blessing to get to come to work today and to keep this service going. Um, I like having something to occupy my mind and there's really been no better uh, thing than, than just working for the station and, and doing what I love, 
with the people that I enjoy working with. Um, we're going to go through some uh, awards coming up. Um, want to make sure that I didn't miss anything. Uh, oh, uh, one of the foundations that I missed was the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. We do get a grant from them every year that helps us cover staffing costs and cover programming costs. But uh, CPB lobbied Congress and got a healthy amount of money through the CARES Act that was divvied up to stations and stations across the country, big or small. So WAMU in New York got a chunk of money and we got a chunk of money and it's the same amount of money. Um, so the small state, the small rural stations got as much as the big stations, which is really quite an extraordinary decision. And I think that we have the National Federation of Community Broadcasters in part to thank for that. The CEO, Sally Kane, is on the CPB board and was one of the people that lobbied Congress for this money and, and acknowledged that rural communities are gonna have a harder time navigating this than big cities. Uh, and so that is one of the reasons that we are financially sound right now. We actually have more money in our bank account than I think we've ever had, uh, thanks to that relief funding, which we are squirreling away and we are planning on uh, less income from the business community for this past year and for next year and for who knows how long. Uh, but that's why Susan is pivoting into doing more grant writing. Um, and, and we hope to still find ways to serve the business community and help them stay healthy. I think that that's one of the one of the real shames um, about the pandemic is just how hard it's been on the working class and business owners. And so it's hard to it's hard to sit here on this gigantic pile of money that we got from the Corporation of Public Broadcasting um, and feel okay when I know that others are hurting. But I but I do. We're just very fortunate, and I can't say that enough. Um, so in the interest of keeping us on track. I think I took more than my three minutes too. Um, I'm going to turn it back over to Jack, who is going to announce this year's, well, he's going to give a, a message as the president of the board. So go ahead, Jack. Board report. Thank you, Graham. Uh, here we go. Board report. I'll make this quick. Uh, we started off 2020 with a very productive board and staff retreat over at David Campish's lovely and inspirational China Beach. Uh, then the world sort of shut down. Um, but we've managed to get by with our monthly Zoom meetings. Uh, the best part of being on the board right now is being in charge of Graham and technically taking credit for all this amazing work. Great board, good job board. We do oversee them. We don't always see things the same way, but all in all, this is a group of people I really adore working with and uh, we have been productive. Um, just really quickly, um, Jennifer Crockett and Sarah Lou Heath, um, they used to run our events committee, which has been pretty quiet this year, but the real benefit of having these two amazing women that both had their own nonprofits in our community um, are the collaborations and the synergy that is created amongst the businesses and the arts, and then the radio station being the nexus of that. Uh, their practical experience and perspectives from the nonprofit world are great resources for Graham. John Stevenson, like as Graham indicated, has kept us on the financial straight and narrow as our treasurer and continues to coach Graham in his financial literacy. Larry Scott has shown a great eye for detail in the numbers. And as the next door neighbor to the Telecom House, he also keeps a good eye on the property. David Campiche, in addition to donating the use of his China Beach House, he continues his really, um, his advocacy for investing in our endowment and attract, attracting those uh, gifts and wills. 
Um, he's what I think of as kind of the soul of the board. He's just a great guy. Um, I don't know what I do without Victoria Stoppiello. She keeps us real in Tillamook County and she keeps me real with excellent advice, reassurance, and a kick in the ass when I need one. If David is our soul, Victoria is our conscience. Um, Josh Marquis has decided not to run for another term. He'll be missed. He's been instrumental in what we call our big ass committee and uh, COVID kind of slowed all that down. I hope you can find time to continue with that committee and uh, helping identify resources Coast Community Radio could benefit from. I also miss having his intrepid legal advice. Um, handy around the table. And then Lisa Smith, she left the board earlier this year for personal reasons. And I'll talk more about Lisa in a little bit. Looking forward, uh, assuming the board elections go fine and Nevada is done counting the votes. Oh, that works great. Nevada, you done counting the votes? That is great. Um, hang on, I got a button for that. Oh yeah, there we go. Um, Let's see here. I really hope you guys took the time uh, to be able to vote, but uh, we're looking forward to uh, Kathleen Sace uh, joining the board. She lives on the peninsula and comes with a lot of previous board experience. And I'm hoping to get her involved with reviewing policies and bylaws to make sure we're all operating under best practices. And Todd Lippold, who many of you know is a longtime programmer and volunteer for the station, and who many of you have sought to be on the board before. Um, he's going to be joining us a while, hopefully. And the secret to that was beer, really, in the end. It was that easy. All right. Uh, we'll be having our retreat in December this year, so we can hit 2021 running. We want to create the best working conditions possible for Graham and his staff to continue managing the station. With the success he's seen so far, we'll address issues like how and when to get people back in the house in the age of pandemic, continuing progress on the endowment promoting and marketing Coast Radio to our listeners over the air and online, and doubling down on how the station can be more relevant in regards to Black, Indigenous, and peoples of color issues that we are so uniquely positioned to address. And finally, though he is technically not a board member, Graham works very closely with us and makes us all look like we know what we're doing. I really cannot overemphasize how lucky the station is to have such a dedicated, passionate, organized, and visionary leader. I'm getting, I'm pretty sure he's going to make it onto a plaque in the lobby someday. Pretty sure of that. And uh, never forget the hardworking staff that have had to reinvent the freaking wheel almost weekly this year. And it's been unbelievably stressful. And I can only hope the scope of what they've accomplished mitigates some of that stress. Thank you so much. That's the state of the board. Should I just go on to the award? Carry on. Carry on. All right. This is by far the best thing I've been able to do with as my role as president of the Telecom Foundation board this year, at least the last nine months. But this is an opportunity that would be a highlight in any year. And I'm going to present the 2020 Director's Award. And this award is to recognize lifetime contributions to KMUN. And just rather, I just tell you some of the names. Since 2011, these are the folks that have been recognized with the Director's Award. Terry Wilson, Dave Kruger, Vern Barth, Gordo Styler, Doug Sweet, Liam Dunn, Betsy Johnson, Carol Newman, Susie McCleary, Ray Merritt, David Hall, Bob Westerberg, Ann Goldeen, Albert Smith, Joanne Rideout, Marianne Myers, Barbara Hansel, and Donna Quinn. So it's quite an illustrious group. And while this organization couldn't run without the hundreds and hundreds of volunteers, thousands of members, and scores of staff, 
that have contributed blood, sweat, and tears to keep Camuan, Camuan on the air over the years. The board wants to recognize those who have uniquely and indelibly made us better, often through the sheer force of their vision and persistence to contribute. The pantheonic list above represents the shoulders that we all stand on and the expectations we are all challenged to live up to as we work together to create community radio. There's actually a name that goes with this. Sorry, thank you for letting me do the intro there. And a drum roll? I don't know, drum roll. You printed it already. I had to really dig into the archives of the institutional memory amongst our Coast Radio community. Try to say Coast Radio community, that's hard to pull off. And I wanna thank everyone who contributed. Uh, I'm gonna be using their input often verbatim and without shame. That goes, I wanna thank Elizabeth, Ray, Debbie, Carol, Joanne, and especially Cindy Price. All right, this story kind of starts with Cindy Price in early 2002, as she was serving as interim station manager after Doug Sweet had left. The board of directors had talked to a number of candidates uh, for the GM position they were trying to hire for, but the search had been on hold for about four or five months. Cindy and Barbara Hansel were going through the resumes of applicants the board had not considered and came across an impressive one from a candidate that lived in Philadelphia. The board had apparently thought she was a long shot, but Lisa Smith was looking to get back to the Pacific Northwest. They called her up, were very impressed, and Barbara Hansel pitched the board to make her an offer. Lisa took over as general manager in early 2002 and immediately began artfully reorganizing the station. Uh, she uncovered our meeting table from a decade and a half of stuff piled on top of it and uh, reorganized the foyer to make it more inviting. She brought in fresh flowers. These are little, little details, but she had bigger plans in store. Back then, the Tillicum Foundation was set up to run on about $150,000 a year, and that was strategic for two reasons. First, it kept the station below the threshold that required an annual audit for CPB funds, which is time-consuming and expensive. And secondly, it was very near the ceiling of what anyone thought was possible to raise. Well, Lisa came in and immediately set about applying for and receiving substantial grants that resulted in improving the house by adding a newsroom, paid for two hosts and a news reporter for multiple years. And at the same time, she challenged the board, staff, volunteers, and membership to raise their expectations for the value of our listeners that our listeners put on our service. This made possible her singular and legacy-defining goal of creating and building the local news model we use to this day. Lisa hired hosts to be local voices during Morning Edition and All Things Considered. John Morrow, you might remember John Morrow, um, was one of those folks, as well as Joanne Rideout, who's still there. Um, another hire of Lisa's was Elizabeth Wynn Johnson, who won an AP reporting award for the station while she worked for us. And now she's a producer at NPR in Washington, DC. I actually tried to get a hold of Elizabeth Wynn Johnson, but she's probably really busy and I should have probably done that earlier than Thursday. All right, um, it wasn't always easy. Lisa had to convince people the station was more valuable and uh, build enthusiasm to ask people for more resources. She had to be persistent to insert news into what had always been classical programming during the morning drive time, but she prevailed. She built value with the news department and people could hear their investment in community radio paying off. That, and from a volunteer programmer's point of view, being able to afford moving past reel-to-reel -reel and cassette tapes to keep the station not just existing, but evolving. More recently, she served on the Telecom Foundation Board, 
I called her Madam Secretary. And uh, of course, she continued to push us to think big. She organized the grant writing committees, advocated for applying for all the grants. She helped Graham assemble the tools he needed to put together a grant writing team. At one point, we were discussing investing in some management training for Graham to help him grow his position. And Lisa proposed finding a way to send Graham to Harvard. Really, she wanted to send him to Harvard. He actually ended up taking some classes at CCC, but if you hear about Graham going to Harvard, you'll know why. And that's what happens when you think big. Uh, some adjectives used when people were describing Lisa included beautiful, cool, intelligent, witty, and repeated by several folks, classy. She would ride her motorcycle to the station from her home in Seaview. Um, here's one good quote. Uh, she was this beautiful and stylish professional woman who would open her mouth and, oh my God, the words that might tumble out could make a sailor blush. But seriously, um, and speaking of Seaview, her residence and relationships with the folks on the peninsula is credited with bringing that listenership into the Coast Community Radio family. I've known and been friends with Lisa for years. We've collaborated on all sorts of projects, especially uh, the AVA and Fort George and whatnot. But as a memory, I had been volunteering for the station just three or four years when she came on board. And uh, I usually work nights. So I just kind of remember her as a whirlwind. She seemed like someone that was always on fire and in a good way, like a ringer. And frankly, she was a little bit intimidating until, and this is what uh, really sold me on Lisa, she threw what I still consider the best KMUN party ever. Wouldn't it be great to have a party right about now? Can you guys imagine what fun that would be? Anyhow, um, it was back at the old yacht club. And she organized these five bands and they set the whole evening up like a, uh, a day of radio with classical music to start with. And then there was some folk music and some blues, some jazz. And then we ended up late with a rock and roll band. And I could tell you almost exactly who played in all those, but we're, we're going to keep going faster here. Um, it was a great party, and I hope I made her really nervous by even talking about this at all. Um, and we should have a party when this is over. That's all I can say about that. Uh, Lisa has style. Uh, Lisa is fearless, taking on new tasks. She's served as president of the AVA for several years. She writes engagingly and intelligently. She's hosted classical music shows for years with interesting music that she researches and puts together with a wry sense of humor. In fact, Carol mentioned that she has to turn the, turn the radio up whenever Lisa's on just so she doesn't miss any of her witticisms. Um, lately, uh, she has been entertaining us with a mostly folk show that I really appreciate for her very liberal interpretation of folk music. Um, this is the time when I would hold up the plaque that is currently mounted near the fireplace mantle. Hey, there it is. Look at that. Thank you, Graham. Um, and you can see her name. Her name will be right up there with all of the other names that I listed off. And I really look forward to gazing upon it with all of you together someday. I'm not sure um, how rounds of applause. I guess we've been working out the rounds of applause on the Zoom meeting. But please join me and the board of directors of the Telecom Foundation in showing our appreciation to Lisa Smith for her nearly two decades of transformative influence on our radio station. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lisa. Thanks, Jack. And uh, I'm just gonna pop in and mention that we're only four minutes till the top of the hour, but we still have a ways to go. Bonnie, can I get your permission to let the meeting run over the beginning of Crossroads today? Just nod if that's a yes. Thank you, Bonnie. Sorry about that. Um, so Emily's gonna come up next with uh, the programmer awards. <laughs> 
Uh, and it's only three minutes till the top of the hour, so I will just let everyone on the radio listening know that you're listening to KMUN Astoria, KTCB Tillamook, or online at coastradio.org. Emily, are you ready to do some programming awards? I sure am. Um, so we're going to start out with Rookie of the Year. And I will say for all of these, this was really hard. And I feel like everybody says that every year. Um, but there were a lot of new people who took on some heavy challenges this year. There were a lot of programmers in general that took on a lot of challenges this year. Um, and I just want you to know that we do have a lot of honorable mentions here. But our Rookie of the Year this year jumped in at a time when we were not providing programmer training um, and was recruited by the wonderful Jack Harris and convinced to learn remotely. Um, and Jack has been kind enough to engineer as well. Um, but this show has received so much applause and comment from the audience. Um, people are so loving it as an excuse to dance around on Thursdays. Um, and that is B's House uh, with DJ B, Bruce Watts. Um, you are our Rookie of the Year this year, and I'm so excited to see you go into um, your own engineering and hopefully sooner than later end up back in our actual chair in the station. Um, so thank you, Bruce, for all of the great shows you've already done and all of the shows you're going to do in the future. Um, and for our Programmer of the Year, this one was so incredibly hard that we didn't really choose just one person. Um, this group of people has, as we've already mentioned, taken on so much, learned how to do, we all, we've all learned how to program shows in the station. It's just a completely different thing to do it at home. Um, and people have really, this group of programmers have really taken it upon themselves to make great radio in spite of some really difficult circumstances. Um, so this year's programmer of the year is our entire group of homegrown programmers. And I just would like to thank you all so much for all of the hard work and the communication. And I know it's frustrating and hard for everyone and that you've all just been so kind to each other and to us in the process as we all figure out how to best change all of these processes. Um, so congratulations programmers of the year, all of our homegrown programmers. Um, and for volunteer of the year, I would like to pass this over to uh, Joanne. Joanne will be presenting volunteer of the year. Got to unmute there, Joanne. Okay. Okay, there we go. Um, so this person is somebody who um, is such an asset in the news department and has been such a help to us. He, he called me up a couple of years ago when he and his wife retired to Astoria and said, um, you need some help with stories? And he is Jacob Lewin. He is an incredible veteran reporter, um, veteran radio journalist. His work has appeared on NPR, you know, Morning Edition Marketplace, Northwest News Network, you probably heard him on KLCC, on KMUN through the Northwest News Network. He is now here in Astoria and is giving his incredible expertise and volunteer zeal to us. And he does great work. He's, I can't, I mean, I just can't thank you enough, Jacob, for what you have done for us. And he has done incredible work during our election season, interviewing candidates. His work is just we're so blessed to have a professional like this, a person who is on our team. So um, thank you, Jacob, for 
this for all you've done and for this well-deserved award as Volunteer of the Year. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, I am going to take a turn now. And uh, last year, there was not a winner for this award, uh, but this is the Lynn Marie DiCiani We Can Do It Award for Extraordinary <laughs> Volunteerism. And uh, this one goes to two people who were incredibly, incredibly helpful to the station, um, almost to the point of being, we, sh we should call them honorary staff members. Uh, but the work that both Jim Dot and Marianne Myers have done to keep yes. homegrown programming uh, alive and well, uh, Marianne has handled all the equipment handoffs between programmers. She's handled a lot of the training. Uh, which, you know, if I were spending my time doing that, then I wouldn't be spending time doing the budget or the financial reports or the grants and yada, yada. So just unbelievably helpful. And then Jim's work with coordinating all of the bedtime stories, programming hours and hours and days and days of work uh, to keep Coast Community Radio what it is. So thank you so much to uh, Jim and Marianne. Incredible. Hey. Sorry if I took that one from, that, from you, Emily. I wasn't sure if you were going to do that one or I was going to do that one. <laughs> no, that's great. Do we have time to go over our honorable mentions? We have all the time we need. Love that. Um, so this is, of course, not a complete list because everyone who has helped us do anything this year has really, I mean, everything that's needed to happen required people to go above and beyond. So if you've helped us at all with anything or even just checked in on us and said kind words in your emails, I just want everybody to know that that's meant a lot and has made a big difference in our jobs um, and in getting quality radio to the air. Um, but we do have some specific honorable mentions I would like to list for programmer of the year. I would like to uh, thank Teresa Retzloff and Jessica Schleif for taking a lot of initiative to learn how to remote engineer and continuously improve in season. They're recording their own shows remotely with some new gear and it's been incredible and they're doing a great job. Um, Donna Quinn for all of her years with Toots and taking on a brand new time slot and format um, and shifting into a new way of doing Toots. Um, we have Carol, who of course is the spirit of community radio. You all know all of the wonderful things she's done for us. And it's been so wonderful to have her back in the parking lot at least. Um, and Nick Stevens, who has returned to hold down Saturday late nights during COVID times. Mr. Reliable, Old Faithful, Bill Ham, who is just always the most reliable programmer uh, and a delight in many other ways. Um, our award for the remotest recording all the way from lockdown in rural France goes to Tony Baldwin, who is our Thursday evening host. Uh, if you haven't caught it, please do. He's lovely. Um, we also have our VIPs, Joey Altruda and Chris Novoselic, who saved us from disaster in the earliest days of COVID by batch recording lots of shows before we were up and running with the homegrown equipment. Uh, they really saved us from having to play the same four PRX shows over and over again for 24 hours. So thank you both, Joey and Chris. Our EMTs, our emergency music technicians, John Stevenson, Richard Dawson, and Lloyd Bowler, who have each taken on a lot of additional programming during the time of COVID in numerous genres. Um, I would also like to thank Margarita for bringing Spanish language news, COVID updates, and voting information to our audience in Spanish language. That has been so valuable and wonderful. Thank you for going to that extra effort. We really appreciate it. Um, Jerry Midon, Joanne Rideout, the Calming Voices power couple living from 
sorry, live from an undisclosed location on the sunny slope of Astoria, uh, always being able to bring in last minute updates and doing it with calm and keeping everyone just doing okay this year. Um, and I also, lastly, uh, I have a couple more here. Alex Appel of Myths and Melodies and Celeste Endlich of East Meets West, who both made great programs and both have decided to step down from their shows for different reasons this year. I just want to thank them for all of the wonderful shows we have archived for them, and I'm sure we'll keep using them into the future. And also, uh, Reverend Tim for the award for recording his shows the furthest in advance. He is way ahead of the game and I'm so impressed by that. That is a definite time and energy and commitment and your shows are always great. So thank you, Reverend Tim. Um, for Rookie of the Year, I have a few that, uh, these were these were close seconds, all of them. Our own, very own DJ Fabergé with her wonderful shows, Shebop and Beat Back have been some of my personal favorites for keeping in a good mood lately. Uh, but also getting some angst out. Uh, Pete Serafin for jumping into AM Classics before he was even done with the programming class before COVID um, and has done an incredible job. Alyssa Evans with Under the Radar, which has been another great favorite. Um, and she's rolled with some punches this year on some scheduling differences. And I've really appreciated that. Uh, Lanisha Duke with Rural Race Talks, who's also come in during COVID and has just been learning along the way and putting together a really great program so far. And I'm excited to see where that goes. And lastly, uh, Zachary Stocks, who is doing the register in a collaboration with his organization, Oregon Black Pioneers, which has just been really wonderful to work with him. Um, and the program has been going really well and we're really proud of it. And so those are, those are the ones that I would like to highlight. But again, I would just like to say everyone who has been recording from home, I'm just, I'm floored. And thank you so much for all the hard work that you've done. Here, here. Well, that just about wraps up the program for today. Um, I wanted to tag on to a couple of the things that Jack mentioned when delivering the director's award. Uh, not only has Lisa become a really great friend of mine, but she is the one who sealed the deal with the Murdoch grant, the big one. Uh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't have happened without her. Uh, and she was also the one who encouraged me to visit Washington DC when NPR was reassessing their fee schedules for stations, but to also try to negotiate around the debt that we owed them. And so she gave me the courage and the optimism that something like that was possible. And uh, it was ultimately very successful. So uh, from me to Lisa, thank you so much. And this is an award just truly, truly well-deserved, even for the last six months of effort, not just for the uh, or year, I suppose, but, uh, but not to say, speak to the 20 plus years that you've been a part of the station. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm sure we could have gone on and on, but again, it's great to see everyone's faces. Thanks to Jack for being a great MC for a lot of this today. Thanks to the staff for your words. Thanks to the members and volunteers who joined us at the meeting. Uh, while I'm thinking of it, quick congratulations to Tom Brownson. Um, thank you for your public service. Uh, thank you to Jessamine Grace West for her public service. And uh, it's a hard time to be a public servant right now. Um, so kudos to you for doing the difficult work um, and having everyone's best interest at heart, which is something that we can say about KMUN as well. So I think that that's about it for today. Um, we're eight minutes into Bonnie's Crossroads show, so stay tuned to Coast Community Radio, and we'll see you in a year. Thanks, everybody. Uh, here's Jack.